0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com.
2: Home and home. All
0: right, it finally feels like Super Bowl week has arrived. Both teams have talked. Media night. Opening night at the Super Bowl last night. Who is the must-watch player in all of sports today? You say he is playing in the Super Bowl. I'll tell you why you're wrong. And what is the must-watch matchup in this Super Bowl? We know they don't go head-to-head, but look at the tight ends. Look at the prominent defensive backs, the quarterbacks, and the coaching matchup. It is an intriguing Super Bowl, as fascinating as we've ever had but it is the Mutual Admiration Society. Can we get some shit talking in South Beach? It's a Tuesday home and home, a Radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. The smartest way to hire. Great program for you today. How much cash is being bet on this Super Bowl? And where's all the money headed right now? Well, let me just give you a clue. It's on Kansas City, but why is the spread not moving? Usually that would really push the spread. Allen Berg from Caesars joins us this morning, as does Joe Shasky, 95-7 the game in the Bay Area. He is a passionate Niners fan. He'll tell us why they're going to win this game. And John Kincaid uh, from Atlanta, Sports Radio CBS, and also host of the big podcast with Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq has reacted to the loss of Kobe Bryant. It's emotional stuff. You got to hear it. And also NFL players, Super Bowl participants, all honoring Kobe Bryant. Late night comedians weighing in as well. We will have a lot of Kobe talk this morning. But we start with the Super Bowl five days out. Opening night last night. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker is on the road. He is in Miami. He was at Marlins Park for media night last night. I know they call it opening night now, Ross. My impressions from sitting on my couch and watching far too much opening night was the sleeveless zip-up hoodie. You know, Matt Rule has given us a glimpse at the smock, the hoodie smock, but I had never seen this uh, zip-up, short-sleeve, hooded, sweatshirt hybrid. Uh, What were your impressions of the night?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's hilarious that evidently what's in like the cool fashion these days is from the Bill Belichick line of attire. It's a Bill Belichick. It's a hoodie with the sleeves cut off. It's a Bill Belichick. Like, for all these years, we've made fun of Bill Belichick or laughed about what he wears, and now all of a sudden, whoever makes that, I guess it's Nike – That's like the cool thing. That's the cool fit. And uh, there's several things that are hilarious about it. Yeah. So first of all, a lot of people didn't think that they looked good when I posted it on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. You're at Dave Briggs TV. We are at RDC home and home. But, dude, you know, Dave, because you've been to opening night before. Okay. You're in an enclosed space. There are all kinds of lights, cameras, people. So inevitably, it's hot. It it, it gets very warm. And a lot of the players were wearing long sleeve T-shirts underneath it. Some of them were drenched, bro. I mean drenched. I gave the award of... By far the sweatiest dude there to Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle for the San Francisco 49ers, who's all of six foot eight, 315 pounds. He was dripping, dripping. I was like, dude, what, what do they have you wearing? And by the way, that's just kind of an aside for me about opening night like that. I got to be honest with you, Dave, and this is probably not. Good for me. I hate asking them football questions. Like, yeah, we, should, we could play a game, okay? I could stand there as a reporter asks them a football question, and I could try to give their, the answer that they're giving while they give it. And I think in a 30-second answer, I can get within four or five words of exactly what they're going to say. Like, you know... You ask the Chiefs D tackles, you know, why do they run the ball so well? Well, they have a really good offensive line and a really good scheme and their backs are back. uh, like who gives a shit? I know what they're going to say. The only time they show personality, okay, is when you ask them something that's not about the game cuz they've been like yeah. so, they get the game questions all the time. They're so trained not to give anything away and what to say. I had so much more fun asking guys about their hometown or talking to McGlinchy about how much he was sweating. And he was like, yeah, man, the fit is good, but I don't know what they're doing to me here. Now, I said to McGlinchy, why do you have a long sleeve shirt underneath? He's right, like, right. Cause that's like, that's just kind of the, you know, our, what we're going with. I was like, well, that's, that's a critical error. Uh, because that part didn't look good. But I don't know if the white would have looked good with then, you know, white skin after that. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird a, a, a weird look. So and anyway, he said, I like the fit. But this is, I mean, dude, he was drenched. And I always bring like a little sweat towel to wipe my brow. I'm, I'm an experienced. He's still a young guy. I'm like, dude, you got to bring one of these. You got you to bring a little. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just a little you got a towel? Of, what's that? You bring a towel? So, uh, yeah, typically I do. Now, in this instance, I left it in my bag. So I just had, like, a couple of uh, paper towels. But I had gotten the paper towels from the bathroom. Dude, those things are worth their weight in gold. When I was down there and it was hot, I would have paid $1,000 for a paper towel. Just to be able to go like that and not have it on your hand or whatever. And I really wish I would have had hotels have the really tiny ones that are small yeah. enough to go in your pocket, but they're cloth so you can Oh, dude, sweat towel. That's a must. Sweat towel. <laughs> like, Dude, that's another life hack with Ross Tucker, okay? Right. You, of all people, should bring it. Maybe you could dap up your armpits there when you're in that kind of environment. You need a little, you just need a little fabric, just a little cloth just to wipe it. When I'm in the summer and I go to like a concert or something like that, always, sometimes I'll cut it in half so it's super small because you only need like that much fabric to be able to wipe your brow and around your face. It's glorious. In fact, I've thought about, like a business, another billion dollar business idea. Here you go, She's should give it away. Just giving it away, all right? We, men need, and women, we need yeah. really small cloths. Like really small, just for the sweat. They, they don't make them like that small. It's like take the smallest one they have and then cut it. But then when you cut it, it's like frayed. No, you need them like that small. Anyway, there you go. Life, Life hacks, hacks with Robert Tucker.
0: It's fascinating. And and again, I was staring at those thinking the same thing is like this, this short sleeve, thick sweatshirt zips up would make these guys sweat like crazy. Maybe they're trying to make weight this Super Bowl. but I never really understood. And, and sorry to get off the topic of football, but I have all these like, um, short sleeve, these vests, excuse me, like these, um, super warm vests. I don't know why I guess Christmas gifts. Cause I never paid for one. I never really understood the vest. Like, when is it going to be cold enough that I need a thick layer on my chest but yet warm enough that I don't need sleeves? Like I really don't understand the vest as a cold weather clothing item to begin with. Can you just another life hack and we will get to the Super Bowl. Can you
1: explain that to me? Um uh, I can and it's usually something that is worn by posers. Okay, that want you to think that they have more money than they really do. And they think that a vest like that signifies that. And so that's what they wear. Look, you don't even want to get me started down this, okay? Let me just tell you, you you know what a big flaw is? How about all the people that go to a party or go out to dinner or whatever and wear a big heavy jacket? What a pain in the ass, especially when you're going somewhere where there's not a convenient place to put your jacket or like you're going out for the night, like to a bar or whatever, and they might not have a coat check. Let me just tell you something, dude. How long are you really outside? How long are you really outside? If you drive, you're maybe outside for 50 feet. If you take an Uber, you're outside for five. Do you really need that jacket, bro, for five feet or 50 feet? Like, let me just tell you something. You might not realize this, but even when it's really cold out, brisk being cold a little bit for five seconds to 25 seconds before you walk into an establishment, it's not the worst thing in the world. It actually kind of cools you down a little bit before you go in there. Don't bring a jacket when you go out in the winter. It's a waste. You're better than that. You're tougher than that. Leave it at home.
0: Another, yet another, that's two or three (laughs) life hacks from Ross Tucker in the first 10 minutes on this program. We won't charge you for it. It's all free on the Radio.com app and on iTunes. By the way, give us a little review. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us at RDC Home and Home. At that Twitter poll, we asked you just last week, and we want to reveal these results now. Who is the must watch player in sports today, and it was overwhelming. That guy is playing in Super Bowl 54. He, of course, is Patrick Mahomes. Almost 7,000 of you voted. And here are the choices. Zion Williamson, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, and Tiger Woods. Now, basically, you can uh, see if you're watching us, Zion, Lamar, Tiger, all basically tied at 15%. And Patrick Mahomes running away with it, 56%. Uh, We'll delve back to the Super Bowl in just a sec. Here's why 56% of you are absolutely wrong. It is Tiger Woods, and it ain't even close. No one will ever approach the must-watchability of Tiger Woods. And, and, And we're not thinking about it at the moment. I think that poll is skewed by the timing on the sports calendar. We forget just how flatlined the sport of golf is most weeks, except for when Tiger Woods is in contention. And that's when the ratings double, sometimes they triple, they go up by millions upon millions of people. Recently, when I was on a flight to Mexico during the Masters and Tiger Woods won, the pilot came over the uh, PA system to announce to the plane that Tiger Woods had won again, and the plane erupted in spontaneous applause. Tiger Woods is easily the must-watch athlete in all of sports. How many of you are watching golf on a Saturday or a Sunday on the normal week? Probably none of you. How many of you are watching when Tiger Woods is in contention? Most of you. And that's the difference between Tiger and Mahomes. Zion Williamson, who we've seen play three games now, has been just unbelievable in all of them. All these guys are interesting. But the NFL has 15 million people watching a garbage game. The NBA ratings change a little bit when these must-watch athletes are on the court, but not a lot. So what I'm talking about is how much a guy changes the audience, the attention, the buzz surrounding their entire sport. And that to me, Ross, is why Tiger Woods is easily the must-watch athlete in the history of sports and still today, even when he's an old man.
1: Yeah, I mean, not for me. He'd be last in this poll for me. Um, And I just heard everything you said, and you have – the numerical evidence and the metrics to back it up because you're right. Uh, he, he does tilt the ratings like none other, not for me. I don't really care about golf when he's not playing. And if he is playing, I still don't really care about it. Uh, it's still not must watch for me. And Hmm. if I'm being Frank, if I did watch it, it would be to hope that he does not win. And if that wow. means I'm a hater, then okay, I, I'm a hater. But I don't know. Uh, first of all, I think Brooks Kepka's awesome. I like the way that dude looks. I like the way he, he plays. Secondly, and I don't know the other guys as well as we know Tiger's background. But knowing Tiger's background, I, I, I choose to root for other people. I choose to root for people that... Uh, haven't done some of the things that he's done. I mean, I think it's especially interesting in an individual sport like that, how many people root for Tiger Woods. You and I have talked about this way back when, before we even started Home and Home, Uh, but I, I am amazed at how many people love Tiger, how many people root for Tiger. In an individual sport, I personally would not choose to root for the human being that did some of the things that Tiger Woods did. I'll root for other guys.
0: Interesting that you differentiate that from – the conversation we've had about, about Kobe Bryant. But why I say Tiger, again, is not just because the metrics, the numbers that change, it's the eye test. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes is on TV, if Lamar Jackson is on TV, maybe my son, and this is my general metric, my son and my wife, my son is 12 and, and my wife is my age, um, will they come to the couch? Not necessarily. If Tiger Woods is in contention on a Sunday, both my wife and... And my son come to the couch and I probably get a text from one of my parents who are, you know, pushing 70. Are you watching Tiger? So that's why I don't think this is even a conversation, but it is an interesting perspective from you. And now to the Super Bowl. And of course, Mahomes, easily your followers and listeners must watch athlete in sports brings it to the question of the must watch positional battle or head-to-head in this Super Bowl. And that's what makes this Super Bowl so damn sexy. There are some awesome positional battles. And first, we understand that Mahomes does not go head-to-head with Jimmy G or Kittle and Kelsey or Tyron Matthew and Richard Sherman. The coaches truly are the only head-to-head Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. But we asked you that. Who's the must-watch positional battle in this Super Bowl? And right now, it is Kettle, uh Kelsey, Kelsey and Kittle. Those names don't roll off the tongue really easily. Easily uh, the lead on this right now. Let us know at RDC Home and Home which positional battle most intrigues you. And this was brought up last night at opening night. So here are the two best tight ends in the game today. Kelsey and Kittle discussing one another
1: howdy how we doing what's good big do?
0: i think we're doing a good job so far um i got some snacks in my pockets that i'll get in a little bit big
1: snack guy and uh i'm just having my best time i'm just gonna go ahead and say the things that i need to say and i hope i say them correctly because you got to fight for your right to party
0: Panda express chinese food
1: yeah i love it what would my cereal taste like oh man a mixture of cinnamon
0: toast crunch and lucky charms oh it's gonna be a good game eh um Probably lots of maple syrup out there, and uh, I'm just going to do my best to look at Nick Bosa's squads the whole time, eh?
1: That was out of line. The first one, I can see a Florida man sniffing a doorbell, for sure. Licking and sniffing. He sniffed it before he licked it.
0: My competition with Travis Kelsey? Well, he's going against my defense, and I'm going against theirs. George is an unbelievable player, man. I-, I love watching him play just as much as anybody else. His tenacity, is- his approach to the game is uh, it's relentless. I mean, he's an incredible player, and you know, one of the best red zone threats in the NFL. Adios, amigos. Am I really? I can leave. Woo! Sorry, guys. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, back and forth on opening night, and that was really the highlight of opening night. You've got two of the greatest personalities in the sport today. You've got the two best tight ends in the game today, and to me, that's what makes this. The must watch positional battle in this game because I can't get enough of either of them off or on the field. Although I'll say this, Ross, about this positional battle, and right now it's Reed and Shanahan winning our poll. I think Kelsey has a bigger role in terms of who might change this game because George Kittle, we saw last week, had some great blocks in the Niners' win but caught just one pass. I think the Chiefs are going to need more from Kelsey than the Niners are from Kittle.
1: Yeah, and and I want to say one thing just about polling in general. I did take a polling class uh, in college. I think it's fascinating, Dave, that if the Ravens were in the Super Bowl instead of the Chiefs, you know that Lamar Jackson would have won our first poll Easily, right? Like, you yes. know that literally the last two weeks changed a huge percentage of our viewers, our listeners, and the pollsters, the people that voted on that poll, changed their opinion. The, the Two weeks. Like, it's uncanny how much that would have changed it. Uh, as for Kittle and Kelsey, you know what, Dave? In a league that doesn't have that many personalities, I think it's awesome. I think those guys going back and forth talking that they both are interesting, entertaining. I think it's fantastic. They're different players. Uh, I talked to Kyle use last night, the Niners fullback about Kittle and how often the Niners run behind him to the tight end. That almost never happens. Teams like to run away from the tight end, but I love those guys. And by the way, doesn't it feel like George Kittle went from a nobody to like a mega star in the last two months, maybe three months? It's crazy. I mean, he's like one of the five or six most well-known guys talked about guys in the Super Bowl. I don't think in September, maybe in October, most people even knew who he was unless you really were into football. You want to talk about a guy that has done it right and has figured out a way to increase his Q rating. He's going to make crazy money off the field now. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. And it seemed like it happened overnight.
0: Yeah, and the lesson is from him. It's be yourself. I don't get a sense that, that George Kittle is trying to get more Instagram followers or Twitter followers or brand at all. He doesn't seem overly concerned about his branding. He is just 100% authentic being himself at each and every moment like that. You got to fight for your right. You know, I mean, this guy is 100% the real deal, the genuine article. And that's why it allows him to, to grow so well in terms of his off the field and on the field fame is that he ain't faking it. He is the genuine article. But one of the things that that matchup tells you about this game is that it's, it's the Mutual Admiration Society. And I'm a little bit tired of it in terms of how these guys today love one another. They might have the same agents. They might work out for the same facilities. They might represent the same brands. And so there is no longer anything even approaching shit talking leading to the Super Bowl. As you just heard from Kelsey and Kittle, they admire one another's game. Kelsey went on and talked on and on about why he thinks George Kittle is the first team all pro tight end for crying out loud. And you also heard that with another of these must watch positional battles. And that's, again, we know they're not head to head, the honey badger, Tyron Matthew and Richard Sherman, who is the number one graded corner, according to pro football focus on this season. He is back again at the super bowl. Now the old man and Tyron Matthew, the badger, he has, a lot of respect for what Richard Sherman has accomplished in the game he still has today.
1: communicate a lot. Um, like I said, you know, me and Play in the same division together for almost five years. Um, so I, I watched him a lot. You know, I studied them a lot. You know, that, 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 that Seattle secondary. Um, you know, I remember playing against him. I used to just sit down and watch them. You know, watch them work. Watch them communicate. They were always on a different level than everybody else. Um I think Sherman has really brought that to the 49ers, right? Like, he's brought that confidence, that that belief. If you, if you put in enough work, you can, you can be whoever you want. Um, I think that's what they are.
0: That's Tyron Matthew. Uh, from our friends 95-7, The Game in the Bay Area, and I think he is the defensive MVP for this Chiefs defense who has been a completely different group since week 11. They have figured out Steve Spagnuolo's system and, and the reason why I'm leaning a little bit in favor of Kansas City at this moment. But again, that mutual admiration society, Ross, is that just a product of generationally where these guys are? Do you like it, or as as more of an old-school player, Would you like to hear less love exchanged between two teams?
1: Um, I'm okay with it as long as when they're inside the white lines, they are getting after it. And George Kittle in particular, Sherman, Matthew, um, although I know that wasn't necessarily Sherman, it was Tyron Matthew, but those guys get after it as players. You know, I do think it is a little bit more of a generational thing. I do think it's almost the uh, NBAification. That's definitely not a word, but you know, (gasps) you see that NBA all the time. It's like the NBAification of of the NFL on some level, and I think that's. I think it's okay. I will say, I think people were always surprised that I would talk to players on the other team before games, after games. I didn't, you know, uh, talk trash or have a lot of animosity towards them until the game started, then I wanted to kill them and then I didn't care about any of that other stuff. And then in some instances after the game, I'd be like, good game, man. So I don't have a problem with it as long as When they're inside the white line for those 60 minutes, they are getting after it. Now, I also don't mind if guys talk trash. I don't mind if there's some genuine animosity. I think that's always kind of fun. I know people like that. But it doesn't bother me that there isn't. I'm pretty sure these guys all really want to win the Super Bowl, and they're going to be getting after it. I would like a little animosity, a little
0: disrespect, a little smack talk, but I realize it is the, the generational thing. And I think you just made a new solid term. It is the NBAification of the NFL because we do see it across all the sports today with maybe the notable exception of hockey, and I think that did start in the NBA. Also, some good fun had uh, by um, some of the participants last night. How about Tyree Kill? Talking about uh, his his quarterback and a little impersonation from one of the most exciting players in all sports today, Tyreek Hill. Listen to this. What's my favorite Patrick Mahomes moment? Probably uh, when he comes in uh, in the huddle and he sounds like a frog. That's probably my favorite moment. I crack up every time, just like it's the first time. You want to hear
1: it? Yeah. Okay. Do do it right. Do it right. Uh... Yeah, Kermit the Frog sounds just like that. I, I can't do that no more because he ain't... Look, he, he ain't going to throw me the ball no more.
0: <laughs> there he is impersonating the must-watch athlete in all of sports. Did you ever have a quarterback that came into the huddle, Ross, and the voice just didn't match the persona?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think now. Some of my guys... No, I think for the most part, their voice, you know, it's hard to separate the two, you know, because almost as soon as you're introduced to somebody, you hear their voice and it seems to fit. Bledsoe's voice fit him and, you know, Tom Brady's voice fits him. Chad Hutchinson fits him. So, no, I'm going to go no on that. And I I think that's probably everybody. I just think Patrick Mahomes has a really really different unique voice
0: yeah one one that i think would uh feel odd in the huddle but until you realize the voice doesn't matter the unique set of skills that he has does all right we're going to take a quick break here on home and home and uh yeah a good point by one of the millennials here that Kawhi leonard that's another guy who's whose voice does not match the persona but then again his persona is very uh quiet and reserved. What other athletes today has have voices that don't match up to the uh, to the athlete that they are? Interesting discussion we could have later on the program. But up next, we're going to take a quick break and dive into the betting side of this Super Bowl. How much money will be wagered on this Super Bowl now that you're talking about legalized sports gambling across the country? Who is the betting favorite? What are some of the interesting and most heavily bet prop bets on the game? We'll talk to our good friend, Alan Berg, senior odds maker at Caesars. Also, Joe Shasky, 95.7. The game weighs in on why the Niners will win and you'll hear from Shaquille O'Neal his first comments on the loss of his good friend, his brother, Kobe Bryant and John Kincaid who spoke with Shaq will join us later in the program, Ross.
1: First, I want to make sure everybody knows about our guy Cafe Altura CEO Dylan Miskowitz, because he experienced firsthand how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. Then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ziprecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. And it's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So. You get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address ziprecruiter.com/enter. That ziprecruiter.com/enter.
0: What is the most popular Super Bowl bet, and why is all the money on Kansas City not moving the spread in the Super Bowl? Only a half point, and in some. Sportsbooks, it has not moved at all. Well, Alan Berg, the senior odds maker at Caesars, joins us ahead in the program. And how do they decide what color of Gatorade is the odds-on favorite? The prop bets are massive, and they are fascinating. We'll also talk to John Kincaid, who spoke with Shaquille O'Neal about the loss of his brother, as he calls him, his good friend Kobe Bryant. NFL players all talking Kobe last night. It's a Tuesday home and home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out at ziprecruiter.com. Slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs, home Ross Tucker on the road for the Super Bowl down in Miami. He soaked up all the theatrics on the opening night at the Super Bowl. And one of the storylines ahead of the Super Bowl is, of course, Joe Montana, who is, as Joe has done in the past, straddling the fence. An interesting tweet uh, a couple of weeks ago about My team is guaranteed to win the Super Bowl. He, of course, played for San Francisco, finished his career with Kansas City, 25 games, 17 and 8. And Joe Montana was asked by Mike Silver of NFL Network and NFL.com what his advice would be to Tom Brady regarding his future. And it was interesting what Joe Montana said to Mike Silver, because look, he had a very positive experience with the Kansas city chiefs and talks about it often. But Joe Montana said his advice to Tom Brady would be this. Don't leave the Patriots. If you don't have to, it's a process to go through and it takes time getting used to the team. But if they let Brady have his own offense with a new team, that makes it a little easier, but still the transition of moving, Too much. I just can't see how the Patriots would let him get away myself. Ross Tucker, are you surprised that Joe Montana's advice to Tom Brady is to not leave the Patriots?
1: No, I'm not. And I think Joe, uh, on some level there, that, that still is a little bit of a wound for him, having to leave the Niners to go to the Chiefs. It's not what he would have preferred. It's not what he wanted to do, which is also kind of why it's a little funny that he's straddling the line a little bit. He never wanted to leave San Francisco, but he found a new home in Kansas City and was able to play for a couple more years. I would just say that it's easy for Joe Montana to say that. And certainly from his perspective, I think that's right. And I think, David, that's what most people would say, right? I mean, most people would say, don't go play for another team. Nobody wants to see you in another uniform. You've had a great career. You know, it, it just wouldn't be right. Like, everybody feels that way. But what if you still want to play a couple more years? And what if you still feel like you have more to give? And what if it doesn't really feel like the Patriots are that enamored with you giving it to them? I mean, Adam Schefter already having a report that the Patriots would like to know by March 16th before free agency starts, to me is laughable. I mean, he's finally a free agent. The last couple contract adjustments that he's had have been frankly insulting to me. You know, he wanted some more money, and so they're like, ah, we'll give you a couple incentives. And I talked to somebody last night who said, well, he didn't have to sign if he didn't want to no you're right he could have played hardball he could have made the patriots look real bad he could have done things like hold out but that's not the type of person he is he's a classy guy that doesn't want to put himself or the organization in that position yet they continue to test it they continue to test whether or not he'll put them in that position you know Are you kidding me? What a joke. We got to know by March 16th before two days before free agency even starts. They have to know, Hey, listen, Patriots, that's not how free agency works. And then they say, well, last year with Gronk, we weren't able to get Gronk was still under contract. Number one, number two, you knew he wasn't coming back. Number three, you weren't going to sign Jared Cook or one of those other tight ends. Give me a freaking break. Honestly, these kind of reports. And if the Patriots are really saying stuff like that, those are the type of thing that would lead me to want to go somewhere else if I were Tom Brady and just be like, screw you guys. I'm sick of it.
0: Yeah, I, I do feel you. And it feels the same way to me. And I think the advice from Joe Montana is right. I think Tom Brady would like to stay in New England. But I think the question all along has been the wrong question. I think the question we need to ask is what can the Patriots do To keep Tom Brady, because I think at the end of the day, would Bill Belichick realize at this point his best chance of winning another Super Bowl is probably with Tom Brady? But the question, again, I'm asking is what can the Patriots do to keep him? And I sense that is not about money. I sense that is not about years because the max years anyone's going to offer him at this point of his career is probably 2 and I could see Brady settling somewhere for a year as he tries to take one more shot at the Super Bowl. So it's about what free agents can the Patriots bring in that would make Tom Brady more likely to resign there. And I just I look across the landscape. I can't see anyone that makes it an easy decision for Tom Brady. I think it certainly starts with Amari Cooper. And we haven't seen what the Dallas Cowboys are going to do with him. But I think the Patriots have got to make a move first. They've got to sign a free agent first that makes Tom Brady more likely to sign with them, and it doesn't feel like they are inspired, inclined to
1: do so. Well, they're not going to be able to, Dave, because he needs to tell them two days before free agency starts. So how are they going to sign a free agent to show them that they're going to put better players around him when he needs to tell them before free agency starts? Now, listen, I'm sure... Behind the scenes, his agent can get a decent idea of, you know, what the market will be like for Tom Brady, what people will be willing to pay him. I'm sure that he'll get some idea of that. But Brady won't actually know what these teams do to make the team better. You know, if I'm Brady, I wait I wait the first few days of free agency. I see how things kind of play out. And by the way, if the Patriots say, Tom, we can't wait for you. We got to go trade for Andy Dalton or sign Teddy Bridgewater. All right, then, Patriots, you made the decision, not me. I haven't signed with another team. You put the ultimatum on, on me. You moved on from me. You signed. And let's see how that plays out. Let's see how that plays out in New England. If Brady hasn't signed anywhere and the Patriots move on from him, that would be a bad look. He needs to call their bluff and shove it up their butt.
0: And shove it up their butt, says Ross Tucker. So let's talk about odds. Let's talk about where we think Tom Brady will land next season. The odds, and yes, you can bet on this, You can bet on everything, not just at the Super Bowl, but off the field as well. Uh, Odds are Tom Brady signs with the New England Patriots. That's the betting favorite. But as for the alternate destinations right now, the most popular odds are the Chargers 6-1 tied with the Las Vegas Raiders at 6-1 the underdogs, the Carolina Panthers, and the Cleveland Browns. I know some people think he lands in Miami. Ross Tucker and I have both said no chance he stays in the division and is part of a rebuild. Chargers or Vegas, are either of them likely to land Tom Brady?
1: Uh, I still think uh, the greatest likelihood is he goes back to the Patriots, but if he doesn't go to the Patriots, I have said and will say Chargers. The Chargers need a quarterback. Uh, there are reports that they're moving on from Philip Rivers, according to Jay Glazer of Fox Sports. So they're going to need a quarterback. The Chargers actually have a pretty darn good roster. Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. Now, they would need to beef up the offensive line. I'm sure that they would. And then defensively, guys like Joey Bosa, Derwin James will come back from injury, Melvin Ingram. I mean, they got some dudes. Dave, they got some legitimate dudes. They need a quarterback and they need something to sell. They are non existent in their market in Los Angeles. They're moving into a new stadium. Nobody and nothing would sell better than Tom Brady, the star of stars, coming to Los Angeles. I honestly, if I ran the Chargers, Dave. I'd give him whatever money he wanted because you would make it back. This is this is a this is a very important time. You need to get people to at least give you a chance here in the new stadium. Tom Brady would give you that chance. Tom Brady would give you a chance to succeed in that market on the field and off the field. And by the way, for Brady, I think the main reason why he's still playing, Dave is the T B twelve stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna play till I'm 45. He's done everything else. I think it's the T B12 stuff. You know how well that stuff would go in Southern California? Like slowing down the aging process, health stuff. I mean, he would he'd be able to open up T B twelves all over Southern California, and people would eat that shit up. I think it's a match made in heaven. I think it's what he should do. I do as
0: well with one notable exception. I think the family does have this home that we've heard about in Greenwich, Connecticut. There's a son in New York. I do think ultimately they settle in Greenwich. I'm not sure Tom Brady just isn't bi-coastal for one year back and forth, but the TB12 is what it's all about. And it's a great point because ultimately Tom Brady could make 10 times what he made playing with this TB12 brand. He's got his eye on the big picture And if you expand this five, ten years down the line, he could be looking at a couple hundred million dollars of value from TB12. I would not rule out Las Vegas for some of the same reasons you mentioned there. And you've got a quirky owner in Mark Davis who, if he could move, Away, or I don't know what the guaranteed cap money is on car, but I sense that they want someone to put some asses in seats, sell some PSLs, and Tom Brady would uh, certainly answer that for Las Vegas. Speaking of Vegas, all the money in this game, it's all about betting, baby. The biggest betting event on the sports calendar. Let's talk about it with Alan Berg, the senior odds maker at Caesars in Vegas. Alan, great to talk to you, my friend Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Um, I want to ask you quickly before we dive into the Super Bowl odds and, and prop bets, what are the odds, say you, of Tom Brady's next landing spot?
2: <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one to make uh, off the top. I, I think he'd still have to be a pretty sizable favorite to be a Patriot. Um you know, probably somewhere in like that 5 to $8 uh, favorite range. And then I think, you know, the Raiders to me makes sense. And I heard your guys points on, on both the Raiders and the chargers. Uh, I, I just find it hard for him to leave bill Belichick. I mean, just to leave such a mind like that, at least with Gruden, I can kind of see it, but uh, I don't know if he'd really go play for Anthony Lynn, but maybe if they do throw enough money at him, you know, that can always solve problems.
1: Alan, let's talk Super Bowl now, buddy. Always good to talk with you. Uh, Let's talk numbers. Like, how big are the numbers for the Super Bowl in terms of the handle for you guys compared to other events, compared to the rest of the NFL season?
2: Oh, it's a, you know, it's in a class by itself. Uh, The only comparison is really that four-day stretch for March Madness. Um, You know, I mean, with Caesars, we have so many properties. Uh, in Nevada alone, and then you start incorporating the new states that we have, um, you know, across the U.S. Um, it's it's the biggest betting event of the year, and, and and it's an interesting one this year because there's there's you know pretty good split opinion on who they think is going to win this thing. Um, most of our money money is on the Niners at a small price, and uh, a lot of people have laid minus one, minus one and a half at the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard the most popular bet is. Uh, on in terms of the spread, is Kansas City. Why has that not moved the spread? We've seen it in some books move a half point, and that's it. Generally speaking, doesn't a lot of money on one team move the spread more than we've seen in the case of Super Bowl 54?
2: Well, the, the case here is that you know when we're trading one versus one and a half, when we go to one and a half, we'll see some more Niner plus the points money. But when we sit at one, then pretty much everyone takes the 49ers money line and the 49ers money line has a lot more money for us at least at this point than the Chiefs money line does. So it's, it's kind of a nice balance. The only you know, scenario is, is if it lands one, it's a total mess. But hopefully, uh, you know, somebody comes out and wins this thing by at least a touchdown and, and we get a good game on Sunday.
1: Alan, for people that aren't as familiar uh, with sports betting, there's a common narrative that all you guys do is just even out the money on both sides of the bet. Can you dispel that for people, please?
2: Yeah. Um, most, I would say the the best books, the best shops that take sports bets are going to um, take the position on a game on the basis of when you get – you know, the public is betting a particular side. More often than not, uh, they, they're betting into a number that is set for them to bet into. So in other words, maybe the line on the Chiefs is truly, let's just say, four. But we know that we'll get plenty of Niners money at plus one, plus one and a half. So for us, we, we, we really look at what the Sharp guys do. Um, you know, we try to stick with players who actually show a win percentage over a long period of time. Uh, sample size is huge. And so one game, whether you're on the, the right side or the wrong side, you know, it, it's it's a marathon game. And everybody wants to win today. That's why the parlays are super popular. Um, and at the end, you know, when you have a lot, of, a lot of action, a lot of people coming in, really all you need to do is beat the parlays. And that's why we do so well during the NFL season.
0: Talking to Alan Berg, the senior odds maker at Caesars. Alan, what's the most popular bet right now as related to this game?
2: Um, definitely the game itself. Uh, you know, we do, we do really well on the props, uh, mainly the sharp guys, you know, they love that they, they jump all over them the second you release them. Uh, and we'll have really good handle on the props, but when it comes to what people bet on, it's definitely the spread of the game or the money line. Those are far and away the best, but this year, the over has been crazy.
0: That, that was my question. I had read that this was the most popular bet, the over, in uh since 2003 what are you seeing how much action on the over in this game
2: yeah it's been a lot uh you know we joked uh when we were putting up the line that we thought we might need the might need the under in the game more than we'll need a side and i think that's what it's going to be um you know as far as the amount of money uh you know it's still not as high as the point spread or the money line but it's up there i mean over has been very very popular so That will be what we'll need probably for the most win uh, come Sunday. Alan,
1: how many newbies or onlys do you get for the Super Bowl? Like people that it's their first time betting or it's the only thing they bet on all year or at least the only football game they bet on. Is that common or not really?
2: Uh, A little bit, yeah. Uh, You know, we get like a lot of casino players, uh, maybe, you know, people that really like to play cards or uh, hit the dice table or whatnot to come into town uh, and get invited here and you know they may not be a big sports person but they'll they'll put a bet in on the game and go to one of the ballrooms for casino players and whatnot and and just kind of enjoy the experience and then we definitely get newbies uh you know especially with the expansion i mean we've got plenty of newbies all over the place now so it should be a good time for them especially in these new states
0: Yeah, uh, talking with Alan Berg, the senior odds maker at Caesars, how how much bigger a gambling event is the Super Bowl this year, or do you sense it's going to be now that we're seeing sports gambling opening up across the country, more than 12 states?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things uh, as it grows, um, you know, the betting handle is going to grow as well. Um, You know, we did a tremendous amount of business in Indiana, um, pretty much had to fade the bears every single week. Uh, up until maybe the last couple weeks of the season. So, uh, you know, I I think sky's the limit when it comes to these numbers that are out there. I think it can be even more. uh, I think if we get to the point where we double the states next year, um, you know, this thing's just going to keep growing bigger and bigger.
1: Uh, Let's talk prop bets a little bit, Alan. I I know you and Dave referenced it, uh, but there's some prop bets that – there's a lot of prop bets, in fact, where – it seems like people would have access to that information or could easily control it. So what are the maximums you take on those bets? And is there ever enough action on a prop that you have to pull it off the board or um, you know, talk to some people about, I guess there's not uh, Gatorade flavor point shaving, but uh, talk to somebody <laughs> about some inside info.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we, in Nevada, we were pretty strict on what we're, what we can offer. Um, you know, we don't, we don't do the Gatorade stuff. Um, that's kind of a uh, outside of the country type of a bet. Um, maybe someday that'll get involved, but but it's definitely for that reason that someone obviously is going to know uh, what color Gatorade's in a bucket. Um, but, you know, we, with us, I mean, we will take, you know, around four figures or so on any prop bet for the most part Um You know, we we like to try to do different things. So we have the octopus this year. I don't know if you guys heard about that, where a player has to score the touchdown and then also score the two-point conversion on the same possession. Uh, We have that at like 12 to 1, yes, Uh, minus 3,000 on the no. Uh, We have a prop on the player to have the first 20-yard play from scrimmage. So like basically the first, you know, reasonably sized play of the game. So that's kind of a fun one as well.
0: Wow, so the octopus, I had never heard of that bet. Guy scores the touchdown and the two-point conversion. That is an interesting bet. Uh, I'm, it's unfortunate that Caesars won't allow you to bet on will J-Lo show butt cleavage. That is actually a bet that you can make other places and no is the odds-on favorite at this point. Yeah, some very interesting prop bets. All right, MVP, always one of the most fascinating, and, and obviously Patrick Mahomes, the odds-on favorite, who after that is getting some action?
2: Um, we've gotten some, you know, on like uh, Tyree Kill, uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, the defensive guys have been popular for the Niners just on the basis of their odds. Um, you know, Nick Bosa's like in the mid 20s. Uh, you know, and then we had a couple guys on the board at like 75 to 1, 100 to 1. Uh, you know, people love definitely putting their, you know, their 20s and their 50s on things that can bring them back, you know, uh, 500 or 1,000 bucks. So, uh, the odds guys are always going to be the, the most popular ones, but, you know, usually it's one of the top four that are going to take this thing home. And at the end of the day in the Super Bowl, I mean, pretty much quarterbacks are such a massive favorite to win the thing.
1: So you guys clean up on those, right? Like those needle in the haystack type bets?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, like I said, when when, you know, odds are set that way for a reason and Every now we we take a hit. Um, you know, we were we were fortunate. Uh, as an example, uh, quite a few books in town got hit on Joe Burrow winning the Heisman. So you know, every now and then you will find a situation where you might take a bath on that. When we finally put him on the board, he was like sixty to one, so it wasn't as bad as a couple of those shots that had two hundred to one and whatnot. But but yeah, over time, I mean, those are not bets that we're really going to lose. There's a reason those guys are a hundred to one, hundred fifty to one. So
1: Alan. Is the Super Bowl an enjoyable experience for you, or is there so much money riding <laughs> on it that it's like a nerve-wracking experience for you?
2: No, the money—the money is kind of, you know, it, it's going to do what it does. And uh, as long as we do our job uh, long-term, we're going to—we're going to do just great of the Super Bowl. Uh, for me, the the. The challenging part is is building everything, it's making all the props, the things that go behind like the scenes of us just getting these things on the board is quite a process. And now we did it in multiple states this year, uh, so it's very time consuming. So once that's all up and ready to go and people can bet on it, that's that's the hard part of the of the week for us.
1: Last one, Alan. Always great talk with you. Uh, the Raiders are coming to town. And I'm curious what impact you think that'll have on sports betting, in particular, NFL betting in Vegas, as well as any, have you heard anything yet? Like, will there be sports books? Like, will Caesars have a place in the stadium? Like, what's that going to be like?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure uh, if we'll have anything going on there. I would assume there's probably deals being talked about at the moment. Uh You know, I mean, we have so many betting apps out here in Nevada that I I don't know that it's the biggest thing in the world to have anything technically inside the stadium. But, um, yeah, I mean, the impact's going to be big. I mean, uh, they're going to be a home team for us. Uh, You know, we obviously have the Vegas Golden Knights here, and um, there's definitely some bias. But the NFL is such a different animal when it comes to sports betting that, you know, the Raiders are definitely going to bring money uh, with all the California traffic. be able to come here to see them, stay at the casinos and whatnot. Uh, It's going to be interesting. We're definitely going to probably be rooting in the books for the other team that the Raiders are playing every week, especially when they're here in town.
0: Yeah, talking to Alan Berg, senior odds maker at Caesars. Alan, do you sense that that awkward embrace between the NFL and sports gambling is now evolving? Do you feel like they are beginning to embrace and move into 2020 and realize this is something that's going to be legal federally?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure how it's all going to shake out. I mean, I think there's definitely some benefit to it being state by state because of just the different um, avenues of what, you know, a particular state may want from the, from the industry. But yeah, I think the relationship, once the education got a little bit better, and, and there's still a big, I feel, learning gap between uh, the leagues and what we actually do. Um, but I, I think as the years go along, it'll, it'll be a good relationship for sure.
0: And final question: Do you have a sense of how much money you expect to be bet on Super Bowl Fifty Four?
2: Oh, it's uh well, if I took you know our other states, I mean it'll definitely be in the you know what eight figures, I'm sure. Um, you know it, it's 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 a massive event for sure. Uh, it's nice actually though that this year it's it's pretty well balanced. That I don't expect us to have any massive uh, decision on either side of the game, but. Uh, we'll just be rooting under, I think, like everybody else out there.
0: Chiefs minus one, over under 54. If you're not in South Beach and can't be there and don't want to pay four grand for a ticket, go to Caesars. No better place to watching a sporting event, in particular the Super Bowl. I got to tell you, best place to watch a Super Bowl ain't at the game. It's in Vegas. Check out the Caesar Sportsbook. Good to have you on the program, Alan Berg. Appreciate the time.
2: Thanks, gentlemen.